Hi, this is Ellie Meadows with Young Living Essential Oils. I invite you to skip the stress of the holidays this year and let Young Living take care of all of your gift-giving needs, from soothing bath bombs to delicious seasonal oil blends. Looking to make some extra money for the holidays? I'm currently accepting new team members who will have the exclusive opportunity to grow their business under the leadership of Jack Canfield, one of the top success coaches in America. For more information, find me on Facebook or Instagram under Oils with Ellie, that's E-L-L-I-E, or email me, oilswithellie at gmail.com. Welcome to the Vitality Health Show, where we inform you about the latest advancements in alternative health care and the best health and wellness solutions to benefit your body, mind, and spirit. Now, here's your host, Stephanie Parrish. Good morning, friends, and welcome to the Vitality Health Show. I am your host, Stephanie Parrish, along with my co-host, Doug Crockett, and we are the voice of hope, healing, and miracles. Good morning, Doug. Good morning, Stephanie. How are you? Oh, it's a beautiful day here in Southern Idaho. How about you down there in Utah? It's wonderful. Crisp and cold, but it's beautiful for a winter. Oh, we love it. You guys got more snow than we got up here. We I got hear. a lot. We <laughs> did. Crazy. Yep. We want to thank our sponsors, the Mindful Lab, where you can find clarity, connection, and peace. And that is at mindfullab.net. She's amazing. You want to talk to her. And the Sunshine Family Hemp, nature's side of health. Find them at sunshinefamilyhemp.com. Also welcome Oils by Ellie. There's an oil for that. You can find her at oilsbyellie at gmail.com. Also check out Miracles When Heaven Touches Earth. This is our own Doug Crockett and his YouTube channel. And as a reminder, if you have any suggestions or comments, please email me at contact at myvitalityhealthsolutions.com. And I'm going to turn it over to Doug today to introduce our guest. I'm super excited about this gentleman. We're going to have so much fun with him. He's been quite the character already. I'm yes. just warning you right now. He's got plenty of it. <laughs> we are in for our ride today. How fun. Go ahead, oh, Doug. I appreciate that. This is, uh, this is my friend uh, Richard Briscoe. Uh, we've known each other for, I'm going to say, about 15 years now, 15, 16 years. Uh, years ago, when I began the project of doing uh, a Miracles uh, video documentary that I've been doing, I kind of put some word out to some people, that, some trusted people that I thought would uh, take the challenge of looking around them for Miracles, and he was uh, very willing and open to this idea, and, uh, and so he was actually the first video that I produced and put on my station, and so... Uh, he's a great uh, man of faith. He's a kind-hearted. He's a good person. Uh, easy to talk to, as you'll learn and get to see during this program that he's, he's an easy guy to visit with. But he's had some wonderful experiences with his family and, uh, and spiritually in his life. And particularly, we look forward to his stories about uh, what he and his wife and their traveling, their, their son and his health, and then also uh, Richard's health as well and his great faith. So it's my opportunity and blessing now to be able to introduce to everyone uh, Richard Briscoe. So Richard, wonderful to have you with us. It's, it's, it's good to be here. Um, I, I'm not as good a person as you make me out to be. Don't, te- don't tell him, Richard. Don't tell him. Oh. Keep, it our, keep it our secret. No, keep it the secret. Hey, <laughs> you're a good guy, Rich. You are a good guy. And that's what makes it, that's what makes it so good. 
you're you're a person of great faith, but you're also a guy that people can talk to and say, yeah, but sometimes we don't have good days. So what do we do about all that? So, <laughs> <laughs> so let's get right into your story because Doug and I have just been absolutely kind of fascinated and he's known you a lot longer than I have. And yeah. I understand we have some connections with some relatives in the in Pocatello where I was born and raised. And that's awesome. Always. I'll always love to have connections. There's always connections somewhere. But you have got quite the remarkable stories. And what I am finding is that the more we talk, the more stories you have. And they're just incredible. Great. So we're going to try to kind of narrow them down and see where the spirit takes us today, because I believe there's listeners out there that need to hear what you have to say. And again, our whole show is on hope, healing, and miracles. And that healing can be anything from, from spiritual, emotional, physical, mental, whatever it is. And we just want to hear your story and how that's going to, we know it's going to affect somebody out there. It's going to touch somebody's lives. So we're going to go ahead and turn the time over to you. And let's start, Doug, don't you think, let's start with the, with the vehicle. The vehicle, the truck. That's a great <laughs> the, story. The truck. That's the There's first so many, that I My made. mind is just going through with all your stories, but I that's think a this story. is a fantastic story. Yeah. Well, you know, I have a lot of stories because I'm old. <laughs> our radio people don't know that either so just those are watching video wonderful just okay, okay, never mind. Just great. <laughs> well the, the the story about the truck uh, i used to have a, a big uh, three-quarter ton uh, uh heavy duty ford crew cab pickup and we used to love to travel in that and this was this happened this this experience happened before we had retired, so we were still working, but we may, were making one of our annual trips up to Yellowstone. Since we live here in northern Utah, Yellowstone is kind of like in our back door. And my wife has always said that she can't truly relax until she gets to Yellowstone or Grand Tetons, and that's where she finds that, that she can truly relax and become peaceful. Mm -hmm. And so we, we make at least an annual trip, if not twice a year. So this, this was a few years back, like I said, before we retired, and we, we were heading up to uh, uh, Yellowstone. We got on I-15, as you know, I-15 turns to an 80-mile-an-hour uh, uh, road up a ways, and we were traveling along. And I don't necessarily – once we get out of the city and we get, get away from everything, traffic calms down. There's very little traffic on the road, and I have no intention of, of getting there really fast. Uh, when I'm commuting to work or I was, I was going someplace for a meeting or something, it was like, let's get there, let's get there as quickly as we can. But when we're traveling on vacation, it's like, okay, let's, let's just kick back and relax a little bit. So I had a tendency to put the truck on cruise control, and I was doing 77, 78 miles an hour, staying over in the right-hand lane so that there was plenty of room for people to pass on the left. But I was going fast enough that I wasn't overtaking a lot of traffic on the right-hand side, and there was nobody coming up behind me. If they did, they could see me for miles, and they could go around, and it wasn't impeding traffic at all. And just, just relaxing. I even got to the point where I was driving with one hand on the steering wheel. I was so relaxed. Mm -hmm. sure. we, were, we were driving up the road, and I noticed this semi up ahead of us, and he was doing probably about 70, maybe a little more than 70 miles an hour, and I was back coming up on him. Um, mm. It wasn't real fast, but I could tell, okay, I'll pass him. And I looked, and I was clear on the, on the left-hand side, so I clicked on the blinker, and I pulled over left, and I started going around him at about 78 miles an hour, one hand on the on the steering wheel and all of a sudden I had this big impression that said take off the cruise control and get both hands on the steering wheel mm. and I said what and he said 
take off the cruise control and get both hands on the steering wheel. So I did immediately. I got it off and back down. I slowed down to just about matching the, the, the truck's speed because I was just overtaking him. And all of a sudden, one of his retreads blew. And I mean, when it blew, it blew across the highway. Oh, brother. Yeah. And they can damage cars. Those are big, big trucks. When they they're big trucks and they can damage the car. And, and, yeah. and, and I thought, whoa, we, 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 we missed a big one. And then as soon as that happened, it was such a big blowout. He lost control of his big rig and yeah. he swerved over into our left-hand lane. Mm. And if I'd still been there mm. and had been on cruise control at 78, that would have happened so quickly. I wouldn't have been able to react. No. Right. And he'd have taken us right off the highway. Oh, my gosh. And I don't know where we'd ended up or anything like that. But I tell you what, I was, I was shaking after it, was, after it was done. Oh, my oh, God. Sure. You had that truck right in your lap. We'd have had that truck in our lap. And, and yeah. I don't know where we'd have been and everything. And, and then I was thinking about it. Afterwards, I thought, well, that was a real miracle. Yeah. That was truly a miracle that we didn't get run over. And then I thought, now, now why did that happen? Right. And I started to reflect on why. Because I had a wonderful life. We've had our ups and downs. Uh, you know, people talk about, oh, it's been so, such a tough life. We have never felt that way. That's, that's we, really cool, actually. We yeah. just felt like, you know, life is life, and, and we've learned to deal with whatever life throws at us. Right. But I've had a wonderful life. I've been married to a wonderful, wonderful woman. She's an angel, Carrie, my wife, Carrie. She's an angel. She loves, she loves me uh, like, I, like no one else does. We've had this wonderful, wonderful long marriage. We, we, we celebrated 50 years just, last, this, just this year, actually. 50, 50 years. years of marriage. Congratulations. Amazing. Thanks. That's great. And I was thinking, now, why did the Lord save me? And the thought came to me, he didn't save you. Hmm. So I went ahead and slowly passed. He got control of the, of the big rig, and I, and, and I started to pass him, and I passed, and I looked up at him, and he was just, he was pale. He could tell he was shaken. He was really shook up. He, there was no, way, no place for him to pull over on the highway to stop to, to catch his breath, but I know that's what he wanted to do. But he was a young man, and it came to me. The Lord didn't save you. The Lord saved that young man. Mm. Interesting. Because I don't know, if he had killed a couple of old, old people on the road, not that it would have made that much difference to our lives or anybody else. Maybe the family might have said, oh, well, well, you know. We're all connected, yeah. <laughs> but the Lord saved him from a life of trauma because that he may never have been able to recover from. Right. So the miracle that I witnessed, that I felt was in my life, was probably more for him than it was for us. And it, and it gave me testimony that God is control of our lives, everybody's lives, not just my life, but everybody's life. I, I appreciate I, I, That's ahead, awesome. Yeah. Doug, I was just going to say that's why we titled the show what we did because we titled the show Miracles Happen, Sometimes the Miracles for Someone Else. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't know that in another show we've had this brought up mm -hmm. and how absolutely prevalent that is also when we're just stepping back going, what just happened? But what happened to everybody else around us, too, mm. that were involved in that? So I so appreciate the fact that you have changed that up a little bit, that scenario up, because it did change his life. I, when, after you were telling us this, I was like, that would have absolutely shifted right. his life. Right. 
and Absolutely. who knows if it recovered from that. That's a yeah. good point. When we think about miracles, we instinctively think about hard things that happened and then good results that came from it and, and, and benefits and help along the way, and that's a, a true statement. But I appreciate that, yeah, we're, we're actually all connected. None of us live in a bubble or on an island. Everything that I do affects somebody else and vice versa. And so it's interesting that over, as the years have gone by and, and reflection on those experiences, then you've been able to realize, oh, yeah, there, there's more to this. It's not just it happened to me, but it happened to him, and we're all kind of connected. And so I appreciate that as well. Yeah, I, I mean, Doug, I look at your life, and I look at, uh, at your family and everything, and the miracles that happened to, to your family. Mm. Yes. Thank you. And, and they were... A lot of those miracles weren't directly for you, even though you participated in them, and they blessed your life. Right. They weren't just for you. I appreciate that, Rich, and thank you. Um, you're exactly right. That's, and, and that's kind of the personal side of it. That's what makes this show so great, because Rich was my neighbor, and he was, uh, lived next to me uh, when our daughter, uh, uh, Brittany, and someday we'll talk about that on this show as well, when she, when she passed away. And so... Uh, but, you know, in all things, even when you're prepared, you're never prepared. And so when, when the time finally does happen. But, but, uh, but yeah, it, it affects everyone and neighbors and family and friends. And, and Rich's family has affected mine. And so um, well said. Appreciate it. And if I can just touch base on that, too, really quickly, because I think this is a, a beautiful place to go. You know, when we're accepting these miracles which they are, they're there every single right. day. Every day. And we have to be very careful not to deny other people the opportunity to participate in those miracles. Mm -hmm. We have to be able to allow them to help us, to allow them to be part of it. Because I know, Doug, there's people still talk about when Brittany died and the things that went through with you and, right. and just with me and losing my husband a few months ago and how that has had a ripple effect on people right. in in our area and on in our family and the blessings that have come i have made such good friends with people that have just decided to show up and bring me lunch you know just to make sure that i'm okay and that in and of itself is just a miracle it's a miracle for them it's a miracle for me i just think that i really want our listeners to be very aware that when a miracle is happening to you it's happening to a many many people around you and we need to allow those that, and I, I pray every day that the Lord will help me be an angel in his hands. And yes. I know you guys do too. Yep. And we have to allow that. And we have to allow other people to have that experience too. As much as we think we're tough, we're strong, we can do this all by ourselves. We can't. We need to allow other people to help and be an angel in God's hand as well. So they can have those miracles. So That's I kind of, I really love where this kind of turning <laughs> from what we what we normally speak about and rich i love the son the story about your son and i would love to go into that if you're okay with that i i am i am i am i am so willing to share that with anybody that will listen to me okay. um, because it is such a great a great blessing in in my family's life and in my life that i i i, I love to share it i love to share it so our son, who just turned, uh, our youngest son, who just turned 29 this month, uh, when he was about four months old, we took him into the pediatrician on a Monday and got some vaccines for him. 
Um, we're, we're not anti-vaxxer. We believe that vaccines uh, can save lives. Whatever, whatever. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. But we believe in vaccines. But the doctor told us, the pediatrician told us, now he's liable to be a little achy and a little cranky for a few days after this because of these vaccines. Aren't we all? Uh, yeah, you know, <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, nobody, that's never fun. Right. So about when we took him in on Monday, on Wednesday, I just had this, this very strong impression because he was, he was a little, little, uh, he was a little achy and not, not his, his normal self. And uh, I turned to my wife and I said, I have this impression that he's not going to be with us very long. Oh, wow. Mm, my goodness. And she wow. said, what? Because, you know, you tell hey. a mother something like that, and she's, yeah. she's ready to jump down your throat. The mama bear comes out as right. meek and passive as my wife is. Mama bear comes out, and she's ready. And I says, I says I'm sorry, honey. The Spirit's telling me that uh, he might not be with us real long. Wow. So the next day, he got really sick. And we called the pediatrician, and he said, bring him in right away. So we took him in and he did some examinations on him and he couldn't find anything definitively wrong with him. And he says, I don't, I don't know what's up. Maybe it's just a reaction to the, to the vaccines or something. He says, but I'm going to, I'm going to do something. And he says, I normally don't do this, but I want to give him a little, uh, a little, uh, 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 antibiotic shot. Okay. And we said, okay, go ahead. And that was on Thursday. Well, by Thursday night, he had developed into full fledged, uh, uh, meningitis. It was a bacterial meningitis. Mm. Took him in. They did a spine a spinal tap on him, and they said the doctor, the pediatrician said, "I have never seen such a raging infection in my life." Wow! wow. And that was even after he had given him the antibiotics. Really, so he was fine on Monday. This is Thursday. This is Thursday. Four days later. Wow! And I didn't say anything to my wife, but I'm thinking, okay, this is it. And doctor admitted him immediately to the, the NICU, put him into the hospital and started treatment on him, started running IV uh, 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 medications on him. Mm -hmm. so, and, and he did, wasn't getting any better. And we spent all night there and uh, he couldn't get comfortable. He was in pain. He was just been miserable and everything. But we spent the entire night there with him. And the next morning I said, honey, I've got to go home and take a shower. I just... I've got to get away and, and take a break for a minute. And she says, okay. So she stayed with him there in the NICU. And I went home, took a shower, uh, came right back. I wasn't gone more than an hour and a half or so, maybe two hours. I came back and I said, oh, honey, I feel so much better. You need to go take a shower. Mm -hmm. Go home, take a shower. You'll feel so much better. She says, no, I don't want to. I said, I promise you, you'll just feel so much better. And I convinced her to go home. Now, this was in the days before cell phones and everything. Mm-hmm. And she said, okay. He says, but she says, if anything happens, you let me know. And I says, I will. So she leaves to go home. Home was about a half hour drive away to take a shower. She had left and it had only been maybe 10 or 15 minutes. I was holding him in my arms. And I looked down at him and he looked at me with these little, little, little eyes, his beautiful little eyes. And he looked at me like, dad, can't you do something? Mm. And then they rolled up into the back of his head. Oh, he looked past me and his eyes rolled up and he was gone. Oh my goodness. He stopped breathing and everything. And I walked out into the hallway carrying him. And I said to the nurse, I says, I think we have a problem here. Yeah. 
And she came over really quick. She ran over and she saw and she called a code blue. And a code blue is a whole team comes in to resuscitate whoever's having, uh, who's, whoever's having the issue. Team shows up with a crash cart. It's called a crash cart. Uh, the reason I know this is because I used to work with the uh, cardiac surgical team in California. I, worked, I was a, a, a technician with the open heart team in California. And we had many code blues and I used to work with, with, these, uh, with the team. You had some professional experience. A little professional experience there. Yeah, okay. They came in with a crash cart and started working on him, and they were panicking because mm-hmm. there was only two of them that showed up, but there's normally three on the team because it takes three people to, to do everything that needs to be done. Okay. And they said, we're losing him. They started talking to each other. We're losing him. We're going to lose him. We're losing him. Is it, where is anybody else? Can we get anybody else in here? And I turned to him and I said, let me help. Mm. Wow. And they looked at me like I was... I had a bozo clown suit on or something. They looked at me like, what are you talking about? I said, look. Well, and plus, as a father, you're so emotionally involved in it too. So I was able to keep myself somewhat unemotional because I was expecting this because the Lord told me this was going to happen earlier, and I was kind of expecting it, so I was, okay, this is, this is, this is it, but let me help. Sure. And they said, that I finally convinced them to let me help, so I jumped in, and we functioned as a team. Mm-hmm. seamless it was wow. absolutely seamless afterwards they told me they says we couldn't have done it without you wow they were amazed at how well we worked together as a team they said that we worked together as if we had been doing this as a team for years mm-hmm. we worked on him for a half hour and we finally got him back we got a heartbeat back we got him breathing back oh, yeah. Got him stabilized. I got to, out to the phone. I called my wife. She hadn't even got into the shower yet. She was just getting ready to get in the shower. And I said, honey, I, I need you to get back up here to the hospital. Mm. And she said, he died, didn't he? He's dead. Mm. And I said, honey, just, just you need to get back up here to the hospital. And I didn't want to tell her what had happened. I didn't want to tell her, yeah, we got him back, but he might die because I, I didn't have an answer for her. I just said, you need right. to get back up to the hospital. And she's still, I don't think she's forgiven me to this day. <laughs> so she rushes back up to the hospital. And uh, we've got him stabilized. And the pediatrician was there. And he said, now, I've never seen anything like this before. But if he lives, he's going to be deaf or blind or mentally retarded or all three. Mm. But don't worry about it because he's probably not going to live. Oh, jeez. How do you hear that kind of stuff? My goodness, yes. Well, he was, he was preparing us for the worst. Right, sure. right. Because he didn't believe that he was going to be able to live. Mm. Okay. And so we started praying. Lord, save, it, save him, please. We'll, we'll, take, we'll take whatever part of him we can get, if you would. We'd only had him for four months, but, but we loved him. He was, he was near and dear to us. She spent, my wife spent the next 11 days up in the, in the NICU and never, ever left his side again. She wouldn't mm-hmm. leave. Wow. Right, right. And we finally brought him home. Okay. Brought him home. And uh, we could tell he wasn't blind. He could see. He, he, he would, his eyes moved around. Okay. We couldn't tell about his mental capacity. Right. Too young at the time. Too young. But we could tell he was deaf. Okay. Because he stopped making, he was at that point, you know, four months old, you're starting to make the cooing and the gurgling and, and right. the laughing sounds and that sort of thing. Stopped it completely. Mm. In fact, he stopped even crying. 
And I asked the doctor, why did, why did he stop crying? Mm. And the doctor says, well, he can't hear himself cry, so there's, there's no reason for him to cry. Interesting. Mm. And I never realized that, yeah, we cry and we make noise because we can hear it. But if we can't yeah. hear it, we're not going to make why noise. Why do it? Right. That's interesting. Yeah, wow. And, and it became very interesting because, uh, because he didn't have any hearing. When he closed his eyes, his world went completely away. Mm. That is interesting. And so he wouldn't sleep unless he was next to Carrie, my wife, oh. and he could reach up and grab her hair and he would, he would just fondle her hair with his fingers. Because mm -hmm. so that way he could close his eyes, but he knew she was still there. Right. He had that sensation. That sensation. He had some sensation. That she I love that. Mm. Yeah. Stop, stop cooing, gurgling, crying, everything. No noises came out of him. Wow. A few months later, we, or about a month later, and we were going into the audiologist all the time. My wife would take him into the audiologist every couple of weeks, and they would test his hearing. And he was, and I, I was talking about getting, we talked about getting hearing aids, and the audiologist said, it won't help I said, what do you mean it won't help? And they said, he is so deaf. He's as deaf as a stone. Hearing aids won't help. Wow. That's and I had started calling him turnip. <laughs> so they, the doctors were saying, he, he, not just lack of hearing, but none. None. In the beginning, that's what they're saying. There was no hearing, nothing. Okay. They, the, the doctor explained it this way. He said, if a big dog was standing right next to him and barking as loud as it could bark in his ear, he wouldn't be able to hear it. Wow. Okay. So I called him Turnip for Turnip the Hearing Aid. <laughs> we, had, we had a neighbor that had some uh, hearing aids from when his daughter was younger. And he says, well, you can have them. And I said, well, it won't do any good. But, but, uh, but she kept taking me into the audiologist. And the audiologist kept saying, yeah, he's, he's deaf as a stone. And so we decided we were going to learn American Sign Language. That was, that was our hopefully that he would have the mental capacity to be able to learn that. And that's how we would communicate. So we decided that's what we were going to do. Okay. And one day we decided to go down and uh, to, to visit uh, the, the Salt Lake Temple of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And they have a visitor center there. They did while well, it was remodeling now, but they had a big statue of Christ, the Christus, Torvaldson's uh, Christus, only it was large. It was a large, beautiful statue and it was white marble and it was gorgeous. And we wheeled him up in his, in, in his uh, stroller to see that. And like I said, he'd stopped making all noises and the cooing and gurgling. And mm. he saw that statue of Christ and he, he was struggling to, to talk. And he started making these weird noises and trying to talk to the statue. And he was, he was animated and active and in, in such a way that I had never seen him before. And I thought, wow. This is weird, and I pondered that in my heart, and I thought, this is, this is interesting. And after a while, we took some pictures, and then we started to go back down, and he was just squirming around in his stroller to try and keep his sight on that statue of Christ. Okay, Richard, I'm, I'm going to pause you right there because I've got goosebumps all over, and, yeah. my, I'm, I, and we have to take a break, and I don't want anybody to leave. I want to come back with that because the rest of this story is just incredible really inc and incredible as Doug said story. So everybody just hold tight. We'll be back in just two minutes after our commercial break. 
Do not leave. You want to hear the rest of the story because it will kind of blow your mind when you hear what actually happened. So just stick with us. Hang on. We'll be back in just a second. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Hi, this is Ellie Meadows with Young Living Essential Oils. I invite you to skip the stress of the holidays this year and let Young Living take care of all of your gift-giving needs, from soothing bath bombs to delicious seasonal oil blends. Looking to make some extra money for the holidays? I'm currently accepting new team members who will have the exclusive opportunity to grow their business under the leadership of Jack Canfield, one of the top success coaches in America. For more information, find me on Facebook or Instagram under Oils with Ellie. That's E-L-L-I-E. Or email me, oilswithellie at gmail.com. Learn more about the products and equipment discussed by Stephanie and her guests on the show by visiting MyVitalityHealthSolutions.com. We've done the research for you and selected proven, high-quality brands at competitive prices from companies you can trust. Drugs and surgery are not your only options. Discover the exciting alternative therapies and health and wellness products that are helping people to reclaim their health and enjoy a higher quality of life. That's MyVitalityHealthSolutions.com. Isn't it interesting how we can be physically disconnected from others and yet be personally affected by the change and confusion of the world around us? We want moments of clarity and peace, and we need to feel connected to others in positive ways. A mindfulness practice can help decrease stress, increase feelings of well-being, and help us be more connected to those around us. To find out how mindfulness can do all this, go to mindfullab.net. You'll find tools and resources to start your mindfulness journey today at mindfullab.net. If you're looking for the highest quality CBD products on the market, visit sunshinefamilyhemp.com. Sunshine Family Hemp is a family-owned business located in the mountains of northern Utah. Our full-spectrum oral and topical products contain no artificial ingredients and are third-party tested by a DEA-certified lab. Online ordering is easy, and we ship nationwide. Sunshine Family Hemp has been in business since 2019 and is legally certified at both the state and federal level. Visit sunshinefamilyhemp.com today. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to facebook.com forward slash voice America or search for the keywords voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to facebook.com forward slash voice America or search for voice America. You're listening to the Vitality Health Show with Stephanie Parrish. If you have a question for Stephanie or her guest, please email contact at myvitalityhealthsolutions.com. Now, back to the Vitality Health Show. Welcome back, friends. We are so excited to have you here. We are in the middle of an incredible story. Mm -hmm. And this is with our dear friend, Richard Briscoe, who has been sharing what happened to his son who got meningitis as a small baby Mm -hmm. at four months old. Right, Richard? Yes. At four months old, he got meningitis, completely deaf, stone deaf, is that what you called it? Stone deaf. Because of that, yeah. Um, Because of the meningitis, you still weren't sure on the mental capacity, 
you knew he had some vision, right? Because his eyes were following. So we're going to pick this back up of when you guys were at Temple Square at the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. We're going to pick that up because I'm waiting on pins and needles and I've heard the story and I can't wait to hear the rest of it again. So yes. go ahead and let's pick it up there. Okay. Okay. So, so as I, I was saying, we had gone to the uh, uh, visitor center at uh, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints uh, Salt Lake Temple Square. We were, had gone up to see the statue of Christ, the, the, the Christus statue, and he had become just animated and excited and talking and everything. And as we were leaving, I turned around. He was squirming in his, in his stroller to try and keep his eyes and his vision cast upon that statue of Christ as we were leaving. And I was just impressed to what had caused this reaction to him because he'd been hadn't said a, hadn't issued any noises for for several months at this point in time like i said he'd even stopped crying because he couldn't hear himself he he, he no longer cried yeah. so we decided we were going to go take the he had he had uh, seven brothers and sisters at this time there was a whole passel of us all right <laughs> and we decided to go across the street over to the uh uh Church History Museum that was behind Temple Square there at the time. And we went over and it was a smaller space. So I took him out of his stroller, parked the stroller in a stroller parking area and threw him in a backpack on my back and had him on the backpack with in the backpack on my back. And we were walking around and I got tired and I decided to sit down on this bench and I sat down and all of a sudden I could hear him jabbering. Mm. And he hadn't done that since he got He hadn't done that. That is a great sound, yeah. And I'm going, what is this noise? What is, yeah. what is going on? We haven't heard a sound out of his. Oh, he's got goosebumps all over. <laughs> and I turn over and look, and I'm sitting next to, I mean, almost eye level to him, uh, a, a, a bust, a marble bust of the prophet Joseph Smith. Okay. And he's trying to talk to this prophet Joseph Smith. Wow. Okay. And I'm thinking, what is going on? And when I stood up and started to move off, he stopped jabbering. And I thought, well, he's, he's having a reaction to the white statues. Wow, interesting. So I took him over to some other white statues and stood there. Nothing. Dead silence. Wow. Nothing. Okay. Walked over to, I mean, I went to several of them. I don't even remember who they were. I walked over to the third or fourth one, and he started jabbering again. And I looked down, and it's the bust of the oh. prophet's brother, Hiram Smith. Okay. Oh, wow. So he's talking back and forth. Okay. And I realized all of a sudden he recognized these men. Mm. He recognized Christ. He recognized Joseph. He recognized Hiram. Mm. And a little while later, the thought came to me, very loud, a voice in my head said, he does not have to be deaf. Mm. Oh, jeez. Fantastic. Now, Rich, how old was he at this point in time? So how he, long was probably, he was probably, he was almost, he was probably five months. Okay. Okay, so you've been dealing with this for about a month or so. About a month. Month, 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 month and a half or something like that. Okay. Okay. And I said, what? And the voice came again and said, he does not have to be deaf. Okay. And I was, uh, it's, it struck me to my core. Yeah. Huh. Sure. So I went home pondering this 
thinking about it and started fasting and praying to know what I need to do. How can I bless this young man's life? Mm. And it took a long time. And I finally realized we had to give him a priesthood blessing. It's something that we do in our, in our church. We, we have priesthood blessings that we give to, yeah. to heal the sick and afflicted. Yes. And the family got together, neighbors, friends from around the world. We would talk to them. From, and they decided, we told them we were going to fast on this one Sunday. And we were going to give him a blessing. And we fasted as a group. Had all my family around. And we gave him a blessing and I blessed him that he would be able to hear. The next day, my oldest daughter was getting married and she was getting married in that Salt Lake Temple down at the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints Salt Lake Temple downtown Salt Lake. We went down there and went to the, 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 the ceremony and she got married and afterwards we picked up our, our youngest son. He was the only one that couldn't go. He stayed with uh, someone in the family that didn't attend the, uh, the wedding. But my wife had another visit with the audiologist. She had to go to the audiologist again. And she said that it was so hard to get in and, and it was so important that we get, get this hearing that she went to the audiologist while I went home to prepare for the, uh, the reception. Wow. Okay. Chief gets back from the audiologist and she says, Rich, they found an anomaly at the audiologists mm. and they can't explain it. And I said, and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, what now? Yeah. And she said, I said, what's the anomaly? And she said, they said he can hear. Incredible. Incredible. One day, after the day after the blessing, it was confirmed that he could hear. And he started jabbering and talking and cooing and crying and everything was back to normal. Oh, I love it. One now, day. Go ahead. Now, just, yes. a, just a follow-up to this. Yeah. He's 29 years old. Like I said, he just turned 29. And he's enrolled at BYU right now working on his master's degree in geology. <laughs> so there's nothing wrong with him. Don't, I love that. Don't discount the miracles the Lord can provide in our lives. That's incredible. Well, and the so, thing that you had mentioned to me too, Rich, and what we had talked a little bit earlier was the doctors, the nurses, the, the people that were around, the, the, so many people were affected by this. And so many people were affected by the miracle that happened. Truly, the miracle that happened. And are still are. You said he's in his master's program. The people that he's going to be touching, the lives yeah. that he's already touched. I mean, who who can say that they had meningitis, were completely deaf, and truly by the power of the priesthood, by God's hand, he got his hearing back. Completely and he's healed. Many, many, many people because of it. Not only your family and all the people that are involved, but multitudes of people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah uh, uh, another side note to that. Increased faith. Yeah, go ahead. He, he got called to serve a mission for our church, and he was sent up to uh, uh, Winnipeg, Canada. Uh -huh. mm. And he was a junior companion, and his senior companion was driving the car. Um, 
Well, I'm getting ahead of myself with the story. I, we got a call, my wife and I, and we were serving as Cub Scout leaders at the time. And I saw the call and it came from his mission president. And I said, well, I'm, I'm in the middle of teaching these uh, uh, eight, nine-year-old kids. I, uh, these are more important than talking I'll to the mission later. president. Yeah, I'll call them later. <laughs> so after it was over, I called him up. And, and the mission president says, uh, uh, he says, I, I, now, Brother Briscoe, I want you to know everything's okay. He's fine and everything. Uh, I said, he says, but are you sitting down? I said, just, just give it to me, President. Just tell me what happened. He says, well, Hiram was in an accident. His companion rolled the car. Mm. Rolled the car. Oh, rolled boy. the car. Oh, my goodness. Okay. He says, he's in the hospital. He's got a few scratches. Uh, he's getting some stitches in, but he's fine. Oh, he says, I know it's against mission rules. That the family aren't supposed to call and talk to their – this was back in the days before you could call all the before. time. He right. says, but if you want to call your son – you're welcome to call your son. And I said, President, did you say he's fine? He says, yeah, I know. He's fine. And I said, then I don't need to call him because I know that this young man. Well. Is in the Lord's hands. Mm -hmm. And when it's his time to go, the Lord will call him home. But in the meantime, I don't have to worry about it. Mm -hmm. Love it. It's faith. Faith, absolutely. Great faith. Faith follows hope. Absolutely. Hope that he would be healed, faith that he was healed, and faith that he has a mission here on earth. Absolutely. Beautiful. So. Yeah. Incredible. I love Ooh, that. And okay, we got to take a breath for a second here. Yeah. <laughs> and, I love that. And I appreciate... Um, and like father, like son. And so his great faith came from his father and vice versa. And you're supporting each other. And, and now his faith can strengthen you. And like we know, we're all connected in this process. And so, and as the emotions of, of this experience are well up today for, for us now, I can certainly appreciate that the miracles, once they've happened, they never stop happening. They come back and go, oh, yes. And you remember that. Your heart swells again. And that's a great way to live. Well, I have to thank you for that, Doug, because you were the one that taught me years ago when I first did the uh, the interview with you. He says, yeah. "You said go back and reflect on the miracles that happen in your life every day, large and small." Yeah, and that's one of the things that's well, helped me is to reflect on those. What happened today? Mm -hmm. Good point. Uh, Again, we're all part of the circle, right? We're all here to help each other. I appreciate that, Rich. Thank you. That's that is what it is. And and you were you had the the faith and the courage to take the challenge and think that through. But yeah, we we've talked about that a lot on this radio program too. Write down the miracles every day. So what I end up doing is I have a, an alarm that goes off on my phone at, at night, nine o'clock every night. It reminds me. Oh yeah, okay. So I'm gonna write down. I have to write down three miracles of the day, or three blessings of the day, or three whatever important points of the day. Sometimes it goes to 12, but I at least have to write down three. <laughs> and so uh, the, the blessings are abundant and, and they come in different ways. You think, man, that was kind of hard. But then you look back and go, well, that's okay. If the Lord's in charge and this is going to take me somewhere and take us somewhere. Right. It's just a good way to think about it. And Doug gave me that too. I've got mine too. My little Bing on my phone and I recorded on the phone. So anyway, let's, that's a perfect segue to go into what you're dealing with right now. Yes. Rich. And I, I'm, I'm so impressed and humbled by what you're going through right now. 
and what your choices are. So without me telling the story, I want you to tell what you're dealing with right now because I I would talk all day. But (laughs) I want to hear from your mouth what you're dealing with right now and what your choices are going forward. Well, uh, I I don't feel it's a big deal that I'm dealing with it. I I just think it's just just life. But but my situation is is that – a little over a year ago, about a year or three months ago, I was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. Mm-hmm. Went to the oncologist, and the uh, the, the the prognosis was uh, I was I was I was going to probably die by uh, December. Really? December of last year. Oh my! Okay. <laughs> okay. But you have great faith. That didn't happen. Yay. Yeah. Well, it turns out that I've got a, a very, very rare form of pancreatic cancer that is not as aggressive. It's the type that Steve Jobs had, Aretha Franklin. Okay. It's called a neuroendocrine uh, uh, pancreatic cancer. And it's, it's not right now. My pancreatic cancer uh, is stage four. It's considered terminal. It's spread to my liver. I've got I've got uh, multiple lesions in my liver. They I've got uh, um, more than ten. They can't, there's so many they can't count them all, even when they do the uh, the MRI with contrast and everything. But it's not real active. Okay. Okay. So here we are, a year later. We did, we talked about it. We we served a mission in Italy when the when the uh, Rome Temple was opened up. We were called to serve mm. in the visitor center. My wife and I were called to serve in the visitor center. We served there for a year until of the Rome Temple. Of the Rome Temple. Okay. Wow! It was a proselyting mission. We reported to the uh, the mission president, not the temple president, but it was a proselyting mission. We served there until COVID shut the place down, and they sent us all home and everything. And our anticipation was to go back. Mm. And after we came home, then I was diagnosed with this cancer. Mm. But we had built, a, we had sold our big home, the home we used to live next to you, Doug. Mm-hmm. We sold that big home and we yeah. built this little tiny home up in, in Cache Valley. It's in a senior community where they mow the lawn and they do the, the snow because the anticipation was we're just going to close it up and go serve a mission. Right. But then I got this pancreatic cancer and I can't go back to Italy now. They won't, the mm-hmm. church doesn't want me going back to Italy. Right. Okay. But they said I can serve here at home. Okay. So we've put in, and we've been called, and we're going to be serving in the the uh, Salem, Oregon mission. Fantastic. We, we enter the MTC on March 21st, and then we're going to be, we're only serving for a year because we want to see what my health does. Right. Sure. Um, the bishop said, are you sure? And I says, I ain't dead yet, bishop. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's a lot of faith. Like, no, let's just keep on moving. There's. No reason to stop, so don't stop. So that's you know, crazy. people ask me, are you, are you crazy? And I say, well, maybe I am crazy, but I can die just as easily sitting home as I can out in, in, in the mission field. You know, it's I love a, the saying, you either get busy living or get busy dying. That's right. And, and I just soon keep busy doing something. I asked, I asked the Lord, I, I prayed and I said, is there some place in the field that a sick old man can serve and help? Mm. And we got called to Oregon. Yeah, I love it. There's a reason. Everything happens for a reason. It's got. There's got to be a reason. I don't know. You know. I guess we'll find out, and maybe we'll never know. Because as you, uh, what I've learned is when you serve, you never know whose life you've touched. <laughs> exactly. 
Or what you're there to learn. No. Or what you're there to learn. Exactly. You know, I mean, it's it, obviously you're willing to do this. So there's going to be miracles. You know that. However, that's going to look. That's And it will look different for different people. But you're there to touch certain people. And there's certain people there that are to touch you. I, and the well, preparation, just like today, this is a huge, huge show for us, I feel. Absolutely. There's somebody out there listening to this that needs to say, you know what, buck up, have faith, you're okay. You well, Stephanie, you're an example of that with your losses, with the problems that you've had. Here you are still out touching people's lives, and you don't know how many lives you're touching. Thank you, Rich. I appreciate that. This has mm -hmm. been a blessing for me. I was telling Doug, I said, yeah. I have this opportunity to reach thousands and thousands of people across the world, but this shows for me. I feel the miracles every single week when we get off the show, Doug and I talk about it. It's like, Oh, that was for me too. That was for, awesome. I got this out of this. So I'm so, I'm so blessed and thank you, Rich. I appreciate it, that. It is wonderful. And what I've learned from this too, is that Rich, you and like a lot of people, but you know how to handle hard things. You've been through hard things. So when something hard comes along, it doesn't derail the train. And so you move on forward you, with your son, with your, with your wife, and then with your own health. We just keep on moving forward. And maybe the possibly the, the, the point we're learning is learn how to do hard things. From <laughs> all of that brings about the salvation that we're all hoping. We all want to go back to, our, back to heaven and be with our heavenly family and, and be involved in that again. But we're down here to learn something. We're down here to try to experience something. It's not just going to be, you know, roses and, and, and strawberry, <laughs> strawberry shakes all the time. We have to... Dang it. Yeah, darn. <laughs> so, so we have to days, remember we are spiritual beings having earthly experiences. Right, right. <laughs> right. We put it in the Lord's hands like, okay, whatever you want to do, uh, then that's what we'll yeah. do. And so. Uh, and you're doing it, Rich. It's just, it's so beautiful. It's, I'm just, I'm so grateful to meet you and to talk to you. And we've had a couple conversations and yes. I have just feel like my bucket gets filled when I talk to you. And it's like, Steph, you've got this so good. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and I'm so grateful for the blessings that you are in our lives and for it your is. willingness to share. Absolutely. Well, well, thank you. But you know, I, I look back on my life and I don't see any hard things. Mm. Yeah, I've told people, awesome. I, you know, people talk about hard things and I can say, well, I, I held my, my baby son in my arms when he died. Mm. And what a blessing that was. Interesting. Yes. <sighs> Again, goosebumps. <laughs> yeah. What a, what a blessing. blessing. It's amazing. And that you had the training. You had the training and the skills to help your son when he was dying. That's what hit me so strongly. It's, it's really very rare that somebody could have stepped in on a crash team and done that, let alone do that for your own son. That was preparation. That was you needed to have that experience back in your younger years to bring your son back to life. That's right. That was not coincidence. And the emotional strength there at that moment to be able to stand in and do that. You had that, um, that strength yeah. suddenly at your ability. And, to be and able you were to able to step out of the dad mode and right. into the therapist mode, into the, I know what I'm doing. I'm going to take care of this child and not the emotion of the parent. You right. know, and that's, that only comes from training. And, mm. you know, I just, I've been thinking about your story over and over and over again of how many 
things have been placed in your life. Like you said, you haven't done hard things because God's prepared you. Yeah. He's prepared you for all these different things. And he'll prepare you for what's coming. Well, but, but, but that's true for you, Stephanie, too. You've been prepared your entire life for the, yes. the things that are happening. Doug, you've been prepared. You were prepared your entire life for the things that happened to you. I'm not, I'm not anything unusual. I just happen to be the guy who, thanks to Doug, looks back and say, oh, that happened to me. Thank you, Doug. <laughs> My pleasure. Thank you. You're, you're strengthening me. Thank you. And thank you, God. You know, I mean, really, yep. Yep. We, I, you know, it's funny because Doug and I have talked about this many times and, and with you also, Rich, everything in our lives are to help us prepare and help us move forward and help. We don't, we never know whose lives we're going to touch. We never know whose lives are going to touch ours, but we have all been through our journeys and yep. those journeys hopefully will help somebody else, will strengthen yep. somebody else. And that's why I think we have this opportunity to do this show. Yep. We truly do because between us, we have a lot of stories to tell and a lot of experiences. And thank you, God, for putting us in those positions to have those learning opportunities. People ask me all the time why you went through that really, really hard thing. Yes, I did. What an opportunity to have yep. that learning experience. To and say thank you. You are just in the perfect perfect place to tell this to us rich because you are having more learning experiences with your health and yet you are still going forward doing what the lord needs you to do well i think i'm having all these experiences because i'm i'm, I'm kind of a hard-headed man and <laughs> the, the the lord writes the information on a baseball bat that he wants me to learn because i don't learn <laughs> it any other way and then he takes and smacks me upside the head and then i go Oh, oh, I got it now. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's oh, what I'm I love to it. Do. <laughs> I love it. Like I've heard with other kinds of things, I go kicking and screaming into every blessing that I give. That's right. That's right. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. <laughs> I love it. So oh. move. So going forward, you're leaving. You start when? March. What did you say? Twenty first. March twenty first. We enter the MTC. Okay, and are you doing the MTC in Provo or MTC in, yes. in Provo? Okay, in and then Provo. you'll be going to Oregon, which is such a beautiful healing place. I love Oregon, and it is a beautiful healing place. We've, yeah, we've talked to the mission president. We're just so excited to go to go serve in whatever capacity we can be used in. And that's and he will sustain you. Yeah. The best, the best that you need. He'll give you what you need. So we are just about finished. Oh my gosh, this we were just talking at the break. How fast this goes! It yeah. goes so fast. It does. And we could talk about a whole bunch more things because there's a whole lot more stories to tell. But it's time to wrap up. So, Rich, I'm so excited that you came on to the show and shared this with us. Thank you so much. And we really wish you well on your mission. We look forward to hearing all about it and all the stories. I'm sure that we'll figure that out. Yes. Um, Doug, you're amazing. I love you. Thank hey. you so much. Love you, too. And Thank you. Everybody, just remember to watch for the miracles. They're there everywhere. Yeah. Just yep. look around and realize everything happening in your life is a miracle. You need to find it. And there is always hope out there in your healing, whatever kind of healing you need. It's so beautiful. We're lucky to do this. Anyway, with that being said, we're going to sign off today. We love you all. Please love your family. Give them a big hug. Yeah. Tell them you love them and have very happy holidays. We've got a few more before the holidays, but we love you, you all. You. Have a Thank great you, day. Thanks, Rich. Thanks. Thanks, Doug. Thank you.
we hope you enjoyed this episode of the Vitality Health Show. Be sure to tune in next Thursday for another informative show with Stephanie Parrish and leading health and wellness experts. That's Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have a wonderful, healthy week. Statements made and information provided on this program are for educational purposes only. They have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration and products discussed on this program are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. The Vitality Health Show is not responsible for any misunderstandings or misapplication of information presented in this show. 